Welcome to Speaking of Success. My name is Cameron Scorer and I'm joined by Vicky Shelton of Success Recruit. In our series of podcasts, we aim to support you, the job seeker, utilising our years of experience in order to provide you some top tips so you can secure your dream opportunity. In today's episode, I sat down with Vicky to discuss the best strategies that you can implement to your preparation for an interview so that you ace it and secure that dream role. So Vicky, when you first get that email call to say that you've been invited for an interview, you get a range of emotions from excitement to nerves, Mm -hmm. anything goes. How do you control that? How, what's your first reaction? Yeah, excitement and nerves. I guess that's probably the first reaction most people would have. Um, it's exciting because, of course, you've been offered um, an interview to something that maybe potentially could change your life and, yep. you know, you're looking for a new career or a new opportunity. Um, and nervous because you know that you're not going to be the only one going to that interview. So the key next really is to start preparing yourself to ensure that you're going to do everything you can to get that interview yeah and I think that's what people forget as well when you go for an interview like when you change jobs you're changing your life you're changing your commute you're changing what you do day to day you're changing the people that you speak to yeah that's that's a big change in your life so don't take it lightly yeah don't don't take it lightly at all so preparing for that Mm -hmm. is is really key Mm -hmm. why why do you think it's key As you said before, Cameron, it is a life-changing event. So, you know, it does need that time and dedication and the importance put into it. If you think about it, you wouldn't just go and buy a home, would you? You know, you do your research and you want to make sure that you're getting the best best house for yourself. So this is no different in a job. It's finding the best opportunity and ensuring that you're going to find the right job for you. Um, Again, with a house, you want to buy something and be there for five, ten years it shouldn't be really any different to when you're looking for a job. If you're serious and wanting to be happy in all forms of life, you don't want to keep changing your job every day. Yeah, that's very true. I hadn't actually thought of it like that. Um, I love that idea. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you're going to an interview and you you want to do the preparation, Mm -hmm. sometimes that could be quite overwhelming because you don't know what they're going to ask. You don't Mm -hmm. know what you need to know about that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Where, Where do you start? Okay. Well, I think for me personally and the advice that I would give to anyone listening, it's actually so key to prepare and do your research and surely it's better to over-prepare than under-prepare. Yep. You know, so I think... It's a a myth, isn't it, that that you can over-prepare for an interview? Yeah, 100%, because surely you'd rather, Cameron, to walk out of that interview and think, wow, that was really good and I feel so in control of everything that just happened rather than walking out of there and thinking that was really embarrassing I didn't know the answer to that and I didn't think about that situation it's not to say that you can think of every situation that's going to arise but surely if you've really done your research um, as in as much detail as you can you're going to have a better chance to shine so I guess it all comes down to the beginning of why you applied for that job in the first place Um, you know hopefully you've already gone along the lines of looking at their website and looking at social media profiles of the people that you're potentially going to be asked to interview and what kind of things would you pick out from that website so I think you know when you're looking at um, a business 
it depends what's important to you as a person. So if, you know, maybe you wanting to be in an engaging team environment or you're very values led, a lot of companies will advertise their values now on their websites because they only want to attract the right people to their business as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can see sometimes from a team page or about us, if they're a lively bunch of people, they go out socially or, you, you know, potentially a lot of people might highlight hobbies and that nowadays because they want to bring their businesses to life. Um, Equally, it might be like corporate responsibility. So, you know, there might be a real charity connection there. So anything that you can find that might make you um, highlight that you've really done your thorough research is going to help in the process of being prepared. Yeah. And if you think about it, if you've got a story that relates to that company and, mm. and what they stand for and that matches the values that you stand for that's yeah. a talking point definitely and if they've worked with a charity that you have in the past as well you know instant connection yeah. and people are very passionate about helping people so yeah but actually i think the most important thing someone can do is know what that company does <laughs> yeah that i can't mean be forgotten. no seriously it surprises me how many people don't actually know a company thoroughly and in enough detail that they've taken that time to really look and investigate. Do you get that a lot? Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's hard for me because I'm a recruiter. So obviously, from my point of view, I'm very much about preparing my candidates ready for interviews. So it would be something that we are very passionate about where we talk about our clients to the candidates, job seekers, they know. So we've already supported them a little bit of getting a better understanding of who they're applying for. But if you think about it, if you're a job seeker just applying directly to a business, there's no middle person like myself being able to help that person. And I mean, we've had uh, we've had jobs here obviously before, and yeah, it has happened to me where seriously people I say, tell me what you know about us, and you know sometimes they haven't even gone onto the website, and you know you almost want to get up and just say interview over. You you then obviously want to give someone the benefit of the doubt, but really do you, do you and should you? That's the fundamentals. Mm. It's you need to know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Like if you were, say, for example, if you were in business development mm -hmm. and you're selling a product or a service. Yeah. That's that's part of that that role. You need to know what you're selling. You need to have that passion behind what you're talking to clients about to, to sell that product or service. Mm. <laughs> how, how can you do that if you don't know I know and actually it's funny what you say about passion it's really hard I think as a business owner or sometimes a managing director that's been with a company for so long they've got that given passion whereas a job seeker doesn't know anything about that business but if they haven't even taken that time to try to understand even I know myself as an employer and I'm sure I speak on behalf of a lot of people you'd rather someone to have given you that insight that they've tried as well, even if they haven't necessarily really understood the whole brief or the real passion behind the business, if that makes sense mm -hmm. as well. You know, we're not expecting someone to be the most technical person in the business straight away without having a, any insight of a story, but, you know, to not be bothered, um, you know, or really, you know, maybe they've gone on the website, but they've skim read it. It's not going to help someone. And with today's competition, as high as it is, you know, I personally would say to someone, don't even bother going to the interview if they can't do the research. Okay, so website and looking at the people in the profile is very, very important. Yeah. What else can you do? So, you know, the big Google machine that yeah. lives in this world, I think, you know, is really important to 
put maybe the business name into Google because you can find related news articles that maybe they're not connected to on their website. Um, and it could be something that's really important or relevant. Acquisitions, mergers. Exactly. Um, you've got like Glassdoor, Google reviews, which again allows you to see a more of an insight into that business and the culture and maybe the service that they offer. And, you know, again, if you like something that you read, to be able to then reinforce that, that you've, you've actually looked through reviews is going to be a massive tick box to someone else that might sit in that interview that hasn't. And, and I know we're going to come on to questions that you yeah. could ask in an interview as well, but I always think this is a really good point to, mm -hmm. to bring up because actually interviewers like to be challenged. So yeah. like you, you said about the good reviews mm. and, and everything that's on there, there's obviously bad reviews mm. and there is for every company as well. Mm. And if you pick up on something from that review, that's also an opportunity for you to challenge in the right way. Mm. You can you can see what they're doing about it. So you know if they're a progressive company. So, yeah. uh, you know, say for example, someone had wrote on there about uh, team sizes not being big enough yeah. uh, for, for the work that they're doing. You can always ask that question and say, oh, I read this review. Mm -hmm. what, what are you doing about it? Yeah. And how has that impacted you as a business? And is that something that's going to change? I think anything that's really important to you as a job seeker as well is something that you do need to challenge in an interview. Because actually, if you are looking for, you know, a very outgoing team, for example, um, or a challenging opportunity or progression, whatever it is, you have to ask because you can't just assume that it's going to be given and you can't assume that someone can read your mind either, can you? Yeah. And so that's some really good tips to help someone prepare for the interview. Yeah. Now it comes on to them actually attending the interview. Mm -hmm. Again, you can prepare as, as, as much as you like, but sometimes, you know, emotions, nerves and things like that can, can happen. So yeah. just talk me through your experiences of that and how you feel you can best cope with the, the interview. Yeah. I think one thing that's really important to do in your preparation that comes into this bit, Cameron, is to know exactly where your interview is and how you're going to get there on the day, um, you know, and obviously allow time and don't leave it to arrive five, ten minutes before an interview. You know, personally, I'm a bit of an early bird for anything. I mm -hmm. would always rather be somewhere early and wait. Likewise, 15 minutes early exactly. to the 15 minutes early. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, there's nothing worse than if you do get caught in traffic or you do get lost or you can't find somewhere straight away, you know, your heart's going to start racing. You're not going to actually present yourself in the same manner as you would if you're calm, collected, and you're, you're in control, basically. So the key for me would definitely know exactly where you're going and make sure you arrive in plenty of time. Yeah, and I think uh, coffee shops are, are out there. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can always go in and um, just, just take some time, um, yeah. relax. You know you're just around the corner, so you mm. know you're going to get there. You are right. If you if you rush and you're, you're a minute you, mm. You've got a minute to go, mm. you get adrenaline, mm. and, you know, sometimes that can impact on... Yeah, there's on just the no excuses there, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. Um, again, this is something so important, so why just leave it to, like, the last minute? <laughs> yeah, and and that can really help um, with, with nerves and, and things like that for, for people going. It, it's just getting there, getting yeah. there in good time, so, yeah, you, so you're, you're, you're prepared. And I also think it's about your sort of vibe and, and positivity. And you, you can go in there 
you know nervous with, mm. with that that kind of that energy and it's about getting yourself into that that positive mindset yeah. would, would you agree yeah definitely I mean obviously for the last several months we haven't had that awkwardness have we no. of um the handshake yeah <laughs> you know there's <laughs> always that stigma around if someone's got a good handshake or not so you know with zoom interviews and team interviews being as high as they have been and still are continuing to do so um face to face isn't always the first opportunity to actually present yourself on an interview as well if you think about it Cameron and you mentioned their zoom interviews yeah Normally, we've just spoken about getting to a face-to-face yeah. interview 10, 15 minutes before mm. at least. Mm. Would you say it's the same for Zoom or how does that differ? Yeah, I mean, it's quite an interesting one because I find myself um, waiting um, and literally sometimes people are just going on to a Zoom or a team meeting one minute before an actual meeting's meant to start. Yeah. And for me, I just think if this was face-to-face, I wouldn't be necessarily walking in the room like a minute before it's due to start or an interview. We wouldn't expect someone just to arrive on time or a minute before. So I personally would recommend someone be online five, ten minutes before. You know, again, it's, it's a hard one because your adrenaline's pumping a little bit more, I think, actually through those Zoom meetings when you're thinking, I'm waiting in a room and I don't know when that person's going to come in. Whereas when you're actually face-to-face, you're maybe sitting in an office, there's things going around you to distract, whereas Zoom or team, you're literally sitting there watching a screen waiting to say you're waiting. So I wouldn't necessarily give myself as long because you're not going to get lost on the way. Um, but equally, you want to make sure that that connection's working and you definitely don't want to be in a situation where suddenly it says you can't get into the meeting. Yeah, and I'm quite tech-savvy myself, but I, I can't tell you in this past year how many times I've actually... Mm gone on to log on to a Zoom and I haven't got the right link or it's, yeah. or it's broken and or something goes wrong with my laptop. Yeah, definitely <laughs> check it way before your interview actual date for sure yeah. as well. So, yeah. And just continuing on the, the Zoom theme, the, the background is, is quite important. Now, I, I completely appreciate that some people might not have the same space as other people in, yeah. in their homes and that's, that's understandable. But an unfortunate part of this world is the unconscious bias that comes yeah. into it. But you can control what's going on in your in your background. Mm, mm, definitely. I mean, you just don't want to see someone sitting on their bed or with a really untidy space behind them because it's yeah. distracting. Um, and it also makes, like you say, the unconscious bias mindset is it make it is forming an opinion on someone that it might not necessarily be how they are in work. But you know, if you are sort of like looking at someone sitting in a chaotic room. Um, with lots of mess around them, it's giving them an opinion of would that be them in the workplace, even if it's not necessarily their ownership of the house, so to speak. Um, you know, most people can find a blank can- canvas to have as a background. Mm. And, you know, I definitely think if you can't do that at home, you need to go and find a quiet space somewhere um, somewhere else. And, and it comes back to the preparation side as well. You, you shouldn't be doing this five minutes before, no. like t- trying to tidy up. You should be thinking about... yeah exactly that like what what how am I going to present myself same thing that if you're going to a face-to-face interview you pick out what you're wearing definitely um, for that interview to look presentable yeah Yeah. um it's exactly the same as Zoom yeah and in that interview obviously they can ask any type of question Mm. um that that's known I'm I'm sure our listeners would have heard of the typical interview questions of strengths and weaknesses and Mm -hmm. um looking to prepare for those, those types of questions what, what could you recommend someone does to make sure that they're prepared for all different types of questions that they might get? 
Firstly, I think you really need to show enthusiasm in this interview. We're going into obviously the questions, Cameron, that we're going to ask, but, you know, smile, show your personality, have passion when mm. you're talking about your story um, and talk about your achievements and your values because all of that will help your interview become more conversational instead of having the questions actually asked of you by the interviewer and potentially might make you feel more at ease and relax into the interview. So let's start at the strengths and weaknesses um, question, Cameron, because I do think it is still used very much in today's interviewing question, even though it's yeah. something that's a very obvious. It's amazing how many people don't give that enough thought and um, actually relate it to the position that they're actually attending for an interview. Yeah, so that's true. an example of that would be, say, for example, you're a personal assistant and you're looking to um, apply your experience on maybe working in an organised manner working with confidentiality so a strength of that would be potentially that you're able to meet deadlines whilst remaining calm and an example of that is because you are highly organized and you have multiple projects that you run in various different times of the day and all of that time you're having to remain confidential because there's classified information and mm. you don't obviously share it with people so it's actually giving an example of not like i'm just my strength is this, it's actually this is why my strength is this. And that obviously example is just something that you could relate that if you're a personal assistant going to a PA role. Yeah, I love that because it's the it's the substance behind it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And likewise, you really have to think about a weakness. There's nothing worse than being asked, what is your weakness? And I've heard it a lot of times as a recruiter. I'm sure you have. Oh, I don't have one. We mm. all have a weakness in this world. And I sometimes ask people to... If they can't actually think about a weakness straight away, it's like, what is your frustration in the workplace? What annoys you maybe, or, you know, makes you roll your eyes and keep your mouth closed, but, you know, you're actually in a situation where you feel frustrated. And that could be an example of when maybe someone's quite lazy in the workplace. So, you know, it could be the fact that you work really hard and you're dedicated and you actually get frustrated when people around you are lazy and maybe say they do one thing but actually don't do it to their full potential. And that weakness actually isn't a bad thing because you want a weakness to be a strength to an employer mm. as well. And personally, I know that if I was employing someone and they didn't want to work around lazy people or people that say they do one thing and then they don't do it, that to me would be actually a real big tick because I'd want someone like that in my business. It's very easy to go on the internet and obviously go and look at strengths and weaknesses, but this is making it personal to you. And, you know, if you take the time and sit there and think, right, what is my biggest strength? What is my biggest weakness? You will be able to reflect and obviously put that into practice because ultimately going back to the very beginning of this conversation, a job is long term. You mm. want to be happy. So if you're not being true to yourself of what actually really motivates you, unmotivates you with a strength and weakness, answer I feel that you know you're not giving enough care and attention to the interview process yeah and I think you're right about the sort of vulnerability and honesty yeah and I think interviewers buy into that a lot more now um, as well especially when you've got those company values a lot of people talk about honesty integrity and things like that well this mm -hmm. is your opportunity to demonstrate it yeah and you know, and show, okay, well, I can be, I, I can be honest about what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And it's mm -hmm. not generic, it's specific to what, yeah, yeah to, to what I'm doing. And, you know, not to the point where you want to worry a, an interviewer because you're mm. going on about your weaknesses and saying, I'm not good at this and I'm not good at that. And yeah. It's about spinning it, isn't yeah. it? And, and putting it in that positive light, but making it 
specific to, to you. I, I also think that this is a great opportunity for, you know, when you, you have the opportunity to ask the interviewer questions and a lot of the times if you can ask the questions in the interview you're making it conversational yeah um but you will get that opportunity as well and Definitely. i think people it's really important you say that because people should have questions prepared and really again my advice would be what's important to you when mm. you are looking to join a company so is that the culture is it the progression um is it what their expectations are in the first three to six months that's going to worry you and you know you really need to know about so i think that's so important and it's a two-way process yeah an interview is not just that person interviewing them for the job it's actually you as a job seeker thinking i want that job i want to work in that company and i see myself in it long term so yeah and yeah, and I, I guess there's there's people and interview styles as well that, that they want to test you, so they might yeah. ask you something a little bit left field. Have you had yeah. much experience with that? Yeah, I mean, you have, um, you know, there's the obvious ones of like, give me an example when you've dealt with pressure or can you show me how you would handle this situation and what mm -hmm. have you done like this? But there's also like, I don't know, I, I think once I had someone say to me, oh, you know, if you've got a choice of being a cat or a dog, what one would you choose? Because those two have got very different traits as people. Um, or if you were an animal, what animal would you be? And again, it's all to do with kind of... I, I've heard some good examples as well. Yeah. I've heard, um, you know, if, if I was a piano tuner. Yeah. Or if you were looking for a piano tuner. Yeah. And you were looking across the whole of London. Yeah. How many piano tuners do you reckon there are? Yeah. And, and all they're looking for is is how you would go. They, they don't want to know the answer. No. It's just how you would go about that, yeah. that answer and that thinking. Yeah. Another good one I've, I've heard was yeah. um, uh, it wasn't actually a question, mm -hmm. but more around the interview. The interviewer would ask if you wanted a cup of tea mm -hmm. and how you would have that cup mm -hmm. of tea and then deliberately make it wrong. Yeah. Um, to see how you would react. Would yeah. you would you drink it? Would you Do believe you it? Would you comment? would you say? Yeah. Yeah, I've also heard of um sort of people being left in the waiting room for a little while as well. Um, you know, just to test people's patience to see how they react with an interviewer being late or even someone being interrupted during the interview and then leaving the room for 10 minutes and then coming back. Yeah. Again, it's all just to do with how someone deals Some with Some businesses are like that. You know, if you're working in a fast-paced company yeah. and, you know, you're dealing with someone who's got meetings left, right yeah. and centre and needs yeah. to deal with things urgently, that's yeah. going to happen in the day-to-day -day office yeah, environment definitely. as well. And it's better for a candidate to really have that test then than, you know, end up getting a job and the interview's been really easy and then they are kind of almost walking into the dragon's den. Not that that is something that I'm just using as a terminology almost, yeah. but, you know, they might be way out of their depth because they can't handle that kind of pressure. So I think, you know, be prepared for anything, really. Um, you know, there's obviously these companies out there that really like to talk about them, and sometimes people can come out and think, oh, well, that was really easy. Um is that the way, the best way to kind of come out for an interview? I don't necessarily think so. So for me as a candidate, I would make sure I've got a very comprehensive list of questions ready for the end of an interview. So yeah. if I've had that style of interview, Cameron, I can still ask the questions that haven't been kind of covered. And I think people, you're, you're always kind of coached or, or taught certain questions that are quite generic. Yeah. I feel there's value in asking specific questions yeah. to that employer. And also, it's for your own personal mm. 
for you as well, isn't it? You mm. want to, you're going for this job. You want to know things about yeah. what it's actually like working yeah. there. So ask something that's... And ask the questions that are difficult for the interviewer to answer. Like, you know, also be bold enough to say, what's going to be the hardest thing in this job for me? to begin with, um, you know, what's the biggest challenge as a business or what has been the hardest time of the business so far in the last few months for people to actually not just paint the rosy picture, you're getting mm. both sides of the fence because again, um, you know, all businesses have gone through such a transition in the last couple of years and will continue to do so. So, you know, you want to know the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, absolutely. And if that excites you, that's yeah, the right place for you. Exactly. You want to come away from that interview knowing categorically you've done all you can to hopefully secure that job. And if you haven't, I always say to people, it wasn't meant for you. You know, the next opportunity will be out there and you do it all again. You just don't give up. Yeah. Vicky, this has made me inspired. Um, so hopefully, it. you know, if you're a, a job seeker out there and, um, you know, worried about an interview and, you need to prepare and you, you're not sure where to start or what mm -hmm. to look at. Um, hopefully this has been helpful. Yeah. Just on that point, if you mm -hmm. can summarise this this podcast and yeah. what you would recommend as just the key takeaways. Yeah, of course. I just really think the research, don't just sit on your morals that this is going to be an easy interview ever. Um, you know, research to the nth degree, everything, then you know you've done all you can. Um, you know, make sure you're there on time, you know exactly where you're going, who's interviewing you, and even get a little bit about their history if you can on LinkedIn and so forth, because again, it just shows that interest which an employer will really find valuable. And probably my biggest top tip actually, Cameron, would be once you've left that interview, if you're really excited about that, tell the person, but then follow it up with an email. Don't just sit on your laurels that they're going to contact you. Make sure you do actually follow it up um, with a lovely email because, again, that could be the difference of what makes that decision go your way or not. And, and a bit of insight from, from me and, and working globally in mm. terms of roles as well is that's uh, in, in America, mm. if you don't follow up with an email, mm. that's actually seen as um, as rude. Rude, yeah. In the UK, it's not, not as known. No. But it, it has in an the impact. UK, it's almost uh, it stands out at the moment, it, it which is out, why yeah. I think you know that would be definitely my recommendation to do. But hopefully, we can maybe become like America, and it's just <laughs> given that we have that kind of attitude as well. So yeah, I guess we just need to wish everyone that's listening to this, if they are going on an interview, the best of luck. Uh, absolutely, and um, you know, be it's an exciting thing to to do. Um, so enjoy it whilst you're there. Enjoy meeting someone new, learning about someone new. Yeah. And um, Vicky, thank you so much for your insight. I think this has been really useful. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Speaking of Success. Hopefully it has given you some useful takeaways that you can implement when you are searching for a new role. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment and share. You can find more episodes from Series 1 and Series 2 of Speaking of Success on Success Recruit's website successrecruit.com. We look forward to joining you next time.